0: To imagine. Bruce, can you check to make sure the laptop is still connected to LifeQuest? It is? Alright, well, my phone is saying I have no connection. Can you run the keynote for me? All these wonderful technical things to make our lives better. At Christmas Eve, we had uh for those of you that braved the elements and uh, came out on uh, on last uh last Tuesday evening, we probably had about seventy five uh maybe eighty people um but what was awesome was a huge chunk of those people were not people from life Quest. um and I think it was even so called it kept away some of the all the pastors from the other churches. We still had like 75 people that were here. Uh, I talked with a family that were here. uh, And the mayor was here. Uh, Joe Lee was there uh, for Christmas Eve, which was the first time that he'd ever come to uh, one of our functions. Um, So it was good to see him. But I I talked with a family that they asked what church we were a part of. And I said, we're LifeQuest Community Church. We meet right here in the community center. And um, I said, well, how did you find out about it? And they had seen the sign out in front. And then they had gotten one of the postcards that I had put in, like, every business in town uh, and came and, and enjoyed it and said, we can't wait to we'll be here next year. How, they wanted to know, how many years have you been doing this? And I'm like, well, this is our third. And so just exciting to be able to touch uh, new families and new people and let them know that, that we're here. And um, so Christmas Christmas Eve was, was awesome. I, you know, for me, 75 people and 16 degrees – is a huge win. I mean, I would have been happy with five, you know, counting on the fact that one of my family would have been missing. Um, but to have a, a good crowd like that on, on Christmas Eve was was fantastic. Um, and then our, you know, it, this time of the year is, is this uh, bang bang holiday holiday. And and my second favorite thing is coming up this Tuesday, our New Year's Eve uh, celebration. And if you've never been. I highly, highly encourage you to come. It is just absolutely a great night. Whether you are uh, an an athletic person and you like to play games like soccer and tennis and racquetball and those kind of things, just come and hang out. Uh, We've got games. We've got great food. Um, We'll have a a short time of of devotion, not real long. Uh, We'll do communion together as we celebrate New Year's Eve, and then we'll watch the ball drop and, and head home. Uh, you know, right after after midnight, and Salmon Creek Country Club, we, we pretty much own Salmon Creek Country Club on New Year's Eve, uh, we've had it um, every year uh, since we started, um, our very first, so this is our fifth New Year's Eve at Salmon Creek, and uh, we actually, uh, in January, we go in and bring them their check for the next year, uh, so that we lock down uh, New Year's Eve, and it's just going to be a lot of fun, and um, if you've got friends or family, they don't have to come to our church to, to attend or, or, or to come. Um, just bring a, a dish to pass. And, uh, and if you, even if you can't bring a dish to pass, just come. It's a lot of fun. So as we are wrapping up 2013 and we're looking forward to what God has for us in 2014, I want to talk to you about one thing. You know, we can, we can get so focused on all of the things that we need to do in our lives, right? There are all, all kinds of areas that we've got to develop or do better at, whether it's our health, whether it's at our job or with our family or in our home uh, or in our, in our spiritual walk. There are all kinds of things that we can focus on to say, you know, I, you know this year I'm going to do better. Um, you know, I, I would love to say that I am a journaler. My wife is an amazing journaler. She has literally like a whole section on the bookshelf of her journals. And she can go back like years and pull her journals out and open them up. And this is what God was saying to me. Um, I equally have that much space uh, of, of journals on our bookshelf. And each one of them, if you were to pull them off the shelf and you would open them up, and it would say January 1st, 2008, this year it's going to be different, and then an empty book. And then the next book is January 1st, 2009, Jesus, please, let this year be different. Two pages, and then an empty book. So we go to Barnes & Noble, my wife bans me from going to the journal section, because I'm like, oh, this year it could be different. we're going to let God's word, God's word speak to us this morning as we start this new year. And we're going to start in the book of Isaiah in the 43, 43rd chapter. Um, and God, as he's speaking to his people, if you, if you read through the whole chapter, he went through this list. He goes through this whole list of very beautiful and very powerful promises. And I believe this. I believe uh, that maybe as we go through this, that maybe there would be a promise that God would make to us this morning. So Isaiah chapter 43. Actually, you know what? Before we jump in there, um, I want to show you a video clip. Um, there's uh, one, one, of, one of my favorite movies. Not like the favorite, but one of my favorite movies. Uh, there's a, a scene where this guy talks about one thing. So let's watch that Cowboy leads a different kind of life when there were cowboys. They're a dying breed. Still means something to me, though. A couple of days, we'll move this herd across the river, driving through the valley. (laughs) There's nothing like bringing in a herd. See, now that's great. Your life makes sense to you. (laughs) <laughs> My wife basically told me she doesn't want me around. She read it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying uh, how old are you? Thirty-eight. Thirty-nine. Yeah. You all come up here about the same age, same problems. You spend about fifty weeks a year getting knots in your rope, and then, and then you think two weeks up here will untime for you. None of you get it. Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing. Just one thing. That's great, but what's the one thing? <sighs> That's what you've got to figure out. Oh, that scene. You spend 50 weeks out of the year getting knots in your rope, and you come up here and think two weeks is going to untie them all. One thing. So, now let's look at Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. And this is what Isaiah says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Can you see I'm doing a new thing? This morning I want us to, to consider and, and open our hearts and our minds to the truth that God wants to do a new thing in your heart and in your life this year. As, as we are making our plans and thinking about you know, the, the, the next year and what do we want it to look like. I, I know a lot of you, um, this year has not been a very good year. Uh, you've had some challenges this year, whether they're financial, whether they're relational, um, and and I know that it's it's tough. Um, I, I know there's a, a young couple in our family that they are just they can't wait for New Year's Eve because they can't wait for this year to be over, and and hoping and praying God, please let 2014 be better than 2013. You know when we think about how it just how difficult life can be. There's no guarantees that our life is going to be great in 2014 or that we would have had a, a great 2013. But I want to look at at what God has to say for us. You know because we make resolutions, right? We we're going to try to make it to the gym more often in 2014, or we're going to, as my wife. Gives me the hairy eyeball, yes, are you going to make it to the gym? Um, Yes, going to the gym. Um, But it's one of those things, you know, I remember when when I was working full time and part of our benefit package gave us like a, a big chunk of money towards a gym membership and we got a membership to the Y for our family. And, and it, it kicked in like the beginning of that next calendar year. And so January 2nd um, was, a, I think it was a Monday and or January 1st, and um, I went to the gym first thing in the morning. I got there, you know, I looked at the clock on the calendar uh, and when did the gym open and when could I get in there because I like to work out early in the morning so then I've got the day to, to do stuff and that way I'm not stealing time away from my family and and all of that. And so I get to the gym, and there's all these guys standing out around the outside of, of the Y. And they're all probably 50s, 60s, 70s. And they're all chatting with each other, and they're all talking to each other. And then there's me. And I'm standing there kind of shivering in the cold, and, and they're all just kind of looking at the new guy. And, and you could tell by, by the look in their eyes that they really weren't interested in welcoming new guy into the hey, welcome to the Y. Because they're like, yeah, it's a new guy. By January 14th, he'll be gone. And, and you know, I, I remember seeing somebody post on Facebook uh, about all the people that are now joining the gym. And, and his response was, could you please just get off my squat bench so I can do my weights? Because I know in three weeks you won't be here. Um, and I think sometimes that we... We can have good intentions for our lives, but God wants us to have God intentions for our lives. And there's a big difference between the two. The good intentions that we want to do uh, for our lives or God intentions. And, you know, having good intentions for what you want to do this coming year, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But I believe if we will slow down and listen what God has to say for us this year, he will speak to us and give us clear direction as to, to what he wants us to do and what he wants what He wants to do in our lives. And so we're going we're gonna to go through this morning, and I, I want you to consider this. Um, because there's a huge list of all these things that we could do to make our lives better, I want you to take that list of all of those things, whether it's I need to go to the gym more. I need to do my devotions more. All of those things that we can beat ourselves up over with this massive list of all the things that I need to do. And, and look at that list and say, what one thing out of those can I work on this year? Because if you look at the whole list, it will blow your brain up and you will get frustrated because you won't be able to get through all of them. And I want to encourage us. To, to take one thing this year and make that your number one priority. And we're going we're to ask some questions to help you figure out what your one thing should be. So as we go into this new year, I want you to, to, to pray and ask God, God, what is the one thing that you want to be different in my life? What does he want? What do you want in my life? Um, Because you know, one thing is not that big a deal, right? Is it? If you can, if you can get one thing out of your life, you know, it doesn't seem all of that impressive. But the the key is that one thing this year, and then one thing next year, and then one thing the year after that over a decade can literally transform your life, your family. Your job, our church? One thing. So let's start with our first one thing question. The first one is: as in your prayer time this year, as you're asking God, what one thing do you desire from God? So, Bruce, you want to go ahead? Let me see if I can. There we go. What one thing do you want to do? You desire from God above everything else. If God said to you, "I'll do one thing that you ask," what what is it? Uh, it reminds me of the, uh, the story of the the guy who was walking down the beach, and and God showed up on the beach and He said to this guy, "You have been absolutely amazing. You've been a great disciple. You have just lived a a, a good godly life, and I and I want to bless you with one thing. What?" What one thing can I do for you? Anything you ask, I'll give it to you, kind of like a a Solomon kind of a prayer. And so the guy says to God, well, God, I would love for you to um, build me a bridge to Hawaii because I'm terrified. My wife and I are terrified of flying, and we're terrified of the ocean. And so could you build us a bridge from California to Hawaii so that I could drive my wife to Hawaii? And and God says, you know, that's kind of a selfish request. Think of all the natural resources that will be used up to build that bridge to Hawaii. And and He says, I'm going to come back tomorrow and and give you another opportunity to ask for what you want. And so the next day, the guy's out on the beach, and God shows up, and and God says, you know, what what do you want? And He says, well, you know, God, I, I realize that was a selfish request. So if you could give me one thing, could you just tell me? Why, why does my wife cry? Why, why is it that when she feels that way, I just don't understand why she feels that way? And how can I understand my wife better? What, you know, what makes my wife tick? And God said to him, would you like that bridge one lane or two? <laughs> what one thing do you desire from God? Look at, at Psalm 27, verse 4 says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. David could have asked, uh, he could have done all kinds of things, but but David's focus, his one thing, as as he's described, as a man after God's own heart. Maybe the reason that he was a man after God's own heart is because he only desired one thing, one thing was to spend his time in the presence of God, that he may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. For us this year, what one thing do you desire from God? Um, you know, maybe you're at a place in your life where you know you would say, um, "I don't know that dwelling in the house of the Lord every single day, you know." That could be a challenge for us. I mean, we only meet one Sunday, you know, one day a week. Uh, we meet here in the community center. You could come and hang out in the community center. Uh, how does that work for us? Does it mean that we have to go to church every single day? No. It's not what it means. What it means is, is that God, that in in my daily walk, in the temple that my body is, that you would be with me that I would sense your presence, that I would walk with you and know you intimately on a daily basis. So the driving force maybe for your prayers this year would be that God help me to sense your presence every single day. Maybe there's a, a person in your life that, that is outside of, their, outside of a relationship with God. They don't, know, they don't know Christ as their personal Savior. And in your desire... Is that this year that God would draw them to him into a relationship with God? Um, maybe you're here this morning and your one thing is there's a stronghold or an addiction in your life that you want to get free from. and, and you, you have fought with it and fought with it your entire life and, and there's just it seems like every time you come you come to a point where you almost get free of it. You can say, you know, God, this isn't just my new year's resolution, but this God, I want this to be my God burden that you help me get free from this. And God, if there's only one thing, I believe with all of my heart that you're going to help me get free of this stronghold or this addiction this year. Maybe you're looking at your marriage this year and you're thinking, you know, I need I need God to to bring restoration to my marriage. I need God to do a new Work in my, in my life and in my husband's life or my wife's life that God would bring healing to my marriage this year. Maybe what God wants to do, maybe the one thing that God needs to do to heal your marriage this year is that God needs to heal your heart so that you can be the spouse that your spouse needs. That it's not about necessarily fixing what's wrong with your spouse but maybe god wants to do something in your heart so that you can be the spouse that your spouse needs maybe your thing that you need from god this year is that you're going to slow down life can be crazy fast can it just the just the you blink and we're at new year's how did that happen um And you want to slow down. So your desire is, God, help me to enjoy you. Help me to enjoy the the rhythm of your grace. And, And, you know, what is it that you want from God? What one thing do you desire from God? Let's look at the next one. The second question I want to ask is this. What one thing do you lack? What is missing in your life this year? So um, in Mark chapter 10, there's a story of a rich guy who encounters Jesus. And uh, in Mark chapter 10, verses 21 and 22, Jesus looks at this rich guy who, he said, Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus says to him, well, you need to obey the commands. And very proudly, this guy is able to just go check, 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 check down the list of all the commandments. Yep, I've done all of that. And Jesus looked at his outward obedience and looked into his heart and saw a problem that this guy didn't even know that he had. So Jesus says to him something that that he didn't say to anyone else. And he says this in verse 21. He says, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. There's one thing that's standing in the way of, of any of us completely following Jesus. And for this guy, um, it was his possessions. It was his material wealth that he just couldn't let go of. And, and Jesus said that, that, that one thing is in the way, sell it, get rid of it, so that you can come and fully follow me. God showed him specifically the one thing. He, you know, he comes to Jesus and says, Look, I'm willing to follow you wherever you go. And, and, and what, what do I need to do to do that? And, and Jesus pinpointed only one. I, there may have been other areas in this guy's life that needed to be addressed. But he says, Look, you only, you're only missing out on one thing. And maybe for some of us, God has identified to us what that one thing is for us. Maybe for us it's not wealth. Maybe it's, maybe it's a relationship or maybe it's a, a, a pattern of, of habit. Maybe it's just a, a thing that we really love uh, or, or like to do. Not that God wants us to be miserable, but maybe there are things in our lives that over the years God has said, you know what, I want you to lay this down. I want you to give me this area of your life. And, and we've said, yeah, you know what, God, that's that's kind of my guilty pleasure. That's the thing that I like to keep and I like to hold on to. And, and he's saying, you know what, what about in 2014? What if you gave me that area of your life and completely follow me? I, I remember uh, talking with a, a guy who he, he was talking about uh, how he used to read his Bible like five days a week. Uh, he had consistent prayer time, and, and he would read God's word, and, and he said that it was the closest that he'd ever been to the Lord. He could sense what, when God was with him, and then over time he stopped. Things got in the way. He stopped reading his Bible, and and he said, I'm not not that close to God anymore. For that guy, his one thing is his time in the word. His one thing that could completely transform his life was because he, he knew it. He had experienced it. He had lived it and then walked away from it. Now, for many of you, um, you've been in church. I think as I look around the room, we have all pretty much been a part of church for a long time. Um, when I want to ask you, are you connected? Are you connected here at our church? Are you part of a life group? Are you connected in relationship with other people uh, that are praying for you and holding you accountable? And, and, you know, maybe your thought is, yeah, you know, someday I'll be part of a life group. Someday I'll, I'll get connected. Let me encourage you, this, this year, get connected in a life group. Get to know some of the other people from LifeQuest so that you've got people in your life that can hold you accountable. Uh, Accountability, and and that that word is is such a misused word. Um, But when when accountability is working right in your life, it's amazing. I I started working out last February with Jeff Quigley, who's the pastor of um, Glad Tidings Assembly of God in in the city in Aranaquite. And we got together. We just started working out three days a week. And I knew that if I didn't get out of bed, Jeff was going to give me no end of grief. And he had a membership at Planet Fitness, and so I could go and work out with him at, at his. And, and so we started working out together. And I didn't need to get a membership because I was using his membership. He could bring a guest every time. And, and we started going together. And, and a couple of weeks in, I showed up on a day that we were supposed to work out, and he wasn't there. And I can't get in without him because it was his membership that got me in. And that made me mad. Number one, I had gotten up and driven all the way to Dewey Avenue to go to the Planet Fitness in Greece. But number two, I'm like, hey, man, I'm here. Where are you? Um, And so that whole, all of last year, it was awesome. By the time summer came, I was probably in the best shape I'd ever been in in my life. Uh, and then I had my summer of adventure uh, and the, the, our hiking trip and the canoe trip with my wife and canoe trip with my son and, and some of the guys. And, and while I was on one of those canoe trips, um, he pulled a hernia. And so when I came back from canoeing, I'm like, all right, let's get to the gym. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. And then he had his surgery, and then he got an infection. And, yeah, it's, it wasn't a good year. And so now it's the end of December, and I'm right back to where I was January of 2013. Um, Because I lost my accountability. It was a whole lot easier. I mean, and I I have my own membership now to go to the gym. But did I go to the gym? No, because Jeff's not there. No one's going to yell at me if I don't go. What one thing do you lack? Maybe it's someone that's going to hold you accountable. To keep you from drifting into that sin that messes you up. Um, maybe when it comes to your relationship with God, let me ask you this. What one thing do you lack to move forward with God? Maybe it's this year it's it's time in in God's word. Maybe it's you need to connect in a life group this year um, so that you can build relationship. What do you desire from God? What do you lack? What one thing? The third thing is this. What one thing do you need to let go? What one thing do you need to let go? What one thing do you continue to grip onto that holds you back from where God wants you to be? What one thing do you need to let go? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament writes this very powerful chapter in Philippians chapter 3. And he's talking about how he wanted to know Christ. And I mean not know about Christ, but to know Christ. Because there's a lot of people who know about Jesus, they know, uh, you know, they know where he was born, and they know who his relatives are, they know his parents' name, and we know things about Jesus. It's kind of like if a, if a stranger were to walk up to you, that you had no idea who they are, and they know where you live, and they know the, the, the village that you were born in, and they know who your parents are, and I know your Uncle Joe, what would you call that person that you don't know, but they know everything about you? A stalker. Exactly. And so there are a lot of people who are stalkers of Jesus. Who know all the things about him, but they don't know him. Right? And so Paul was talking about knowing Jesus. And look at what it says in in verse 13 of chapter 3. It says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This one thing I am going to do, and, and you can almost see it like it's one action. Uh, it's not just he's, not, he's forgetting and pressing. It's, it's all one fluid movement of I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm moving forward at the same time. Now, I don't know about you. Um, I don't know what it is that you need to let go of. I, and we don't know what it is that Paul is saying that he needs to let go of. But it's possible um, you know, because Paul was the guy who was personally responsible for the stoning of Stephen, who was the first Christian martyr. Maybe Paul is saying, you know, I'm gonna, I, I have to let that go, the, the the guilt of being party to Stephen's uh, murder. Um, it could have be, it could be the pain that, that Paul suffered, that he experienced by suffering Christ. Uh, this is a guy who was five times had been whipped. Um, he had, it says he was whipped each time with forty lashes across his back. Maybe he's got to, hes saying, you know what? I'm going to let that go—the the the anger, or maybe the frustration, or the resentment to that beating. This is a guy who, in, in addition to being whipped five times, three times, was was caned, beaten with rods. Anybody hear about it? if you if you go to the Philippines and you put gum on the street, uh, or you you stick it under the bench at the bus stop, the punishment for that is being caned, where you know that. When I was in, in, in grade school, uh, they, they still believed in corporal punishment at school, and so my parents signed a waiver giving the school permission that if I misbehaved, uh, that I could get paddled at school, and I'll never forget third grade, me and three or four of the other guys did something together as a group, and we all, the consequence was we were going to get paddled, and uh, it, was, it was crazy. Um because and it wasn't like they took us one by one into the principal's office to do the paddling. this was going to be a group punishment we We messed up as a group, we were going to be punished as a group, so they brought us all up to the chalkboard, and we had to assume the position, and we were all lined up on the chalkboard, and the paddle that the, our principal had was this wooden board about this long with a with a handle, and, and I'll never forget. There's this kid, we were in third grade, and this kid that was next to me, his name was Wesley. And Wesley probably should have been in fifth grade, but he was in third grade. And this was not this was not Wesley's first time at the rodeo. And, and so I'm sitting there, and I'm scared to death. I mean, I'm a third grader. I'm about to get beaten in front of my entire class. And Wesley kind of looks over at me, and he just says, whatever you do, don't clench. It makes it worse. I felt like I was in prison, getting, like, prison justice, like, you know, like, what to do there. And it was awful. Paul was be- caned three times, whipped five times. Um, he was stoned one time and left for dead. And that not the recreational stoned. He was stoned with rocks. Um just saying. And, and when you were stoned uh, in, in biblical times, what that meant was they would chuck rocks at you until you were knocked unconscious. They would throw so many rocks at you that eventually there would just be a pile of rocks and you were under those rocks. And then left there as a marker for anyone else who would know that when you came in or out of town, there's this pile of rocks. And somewhere in that pile of rocks is you. And that was, a, it was a kind of the public warning of, don't do what that guy did. And so he's stoned, they leave, and he comes crawling up out of the rocks. He survives the stoning. Maybe he's saying, I've got to let go of that and move forward. Maybe the reason today that you're not moving forward um, to be where God wants you to be is because you're holding on to something from your past that you're just unwilling to let go of. Maybe it's a resentment. Maybe it's a hurt. Um, Somebody hurt you and you are just holding on to it. Um, Paul says you can't dwell in the past. You can't live there. You've got to let go of it and move forward. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and, and you failed at something. And you're holding on to that and you're internalizing it. And you think, you know, I failed then and I'll probably fail again. And so why bother moving forward? Because I just, I'll never be able to do what I want. Maybe God's asking you this morning to let go of that failure and say, what do you want me to do this year, God? Here's the fourth question that I want you to ask yourself this morning. First one is, what is it that you desire? The second is, maybe what's that one thing that you lack? What's the one thing that you need to let go of? The last one, as we get ready to wrap up. What one promise do you need to claim? Now, I am not talking about uh, name it and claim it theology where you can. I I remember in, in Bible college, uh, having one of my professors talking about that that whole idea of whatever you want, you just claim it in faith, and God will give it to you. And and I remember him saying, you know, faith faith is like a cannon, just point it wherever you want, and bang, you got it. Um, very popular theology. I don't agree with it, but there are promises in God's word that we absolutely can claim for our lives. What one promise do you need to claim from God this year? In the Old Testament, David, as a young man, was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel, right? Samuel shows up and he's looking for the king, and so he goes to David's family and he's talking to Jesse, his father, and he says, bring out all of your sons. And so Jesse brings out all of David's brothers, and they come out in a line, and you know, this one's too handsome, nope, not him. Talented, nope, not him. Strong, nope, not him. And and finally he's gone through all of the brothers and Samuel's like do you have anybody left? And the response is well yeah there's the runt there's there's you know there's David but why would you want him? And 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 Samuel says send for him bring him in. And so here comes this kid out from the field he smells like smoke cuz he's been around the campfire. I like this kid already. Um he's been out in the woods tending to the sheep and god says to samuel yeah that guy he's going to be king and so samuel anoints david with oil and says you are going to be the next king of israel and then immediately from there well not immediately but then over the next few years david begins to get connected uh, you have the experience with Goliath, and then he gets brought into the king's palace, and he's playing the harp for the king, and he's getting to know the king's kids and, and friends with them. And then for for years and years and years, David is on the run from the king who wants to kill him out of fear because David's going to dethrone Saul. And David spends decades hiding in caves, running from the king, running from his soldiers, you know, you could think that that at some point David could say, you know what, this is crazy. I'm never going to be king. I'm going to end up with a spear in my back. God promised that I was going to be king. And here I am hiding in a cave with sheep and these smelly jerks. Right? So much so, he 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 can't even stay in Israel anymore. He's got to go to the country of the Philistines. And so he gets it in his head, you know, if I go to, to Philistia, I'll be safe from Saul, regardless of the fact that the Philistines also want to kill anyone who's an Israelite. And, and so David, he, he makes one really bad choice and says, you know what, I'll go live with the Philistines. Maybe I'll be safer there. Then he gets there and realizes, oh, no. You know, you ever have one of those moments where you make a choice and then you get there, and then you're like, oh, no, what have I done? He gets there, and then he's like oh, man, I'm in big trouble. You know what I'll do? I'll pretend like I'm crazy. And so for the entire time that he's there, he's just like, He acts like he's literally a madman because they're like, well, don't mess with him. He's crazy. And lives, lives with the Philistines like a nut. And all of that time, God wanted him to know, I have chosen you to be king. Even though it doesn't look like it, doesn't feel like it, it was a promise that God had made to him. Look at what David wrote in Psalm 56, verses 9 and 10. Actually, uh, 9 through 13. David writes this, This one thing I know, God is for me. I am trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I am not afraid of anything mere man can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. God is still on the throne, and he is for you. The promises that he has, has made for you, uh, they are they are available to you. Um, Bruce, if you will flip, there's a a I think there's a, a video clip in between. Flip past it. One more. I want to look at the promises that God has for us. Philippians 4.19, God promises to meet every need that you have, from his riches. He promises you won't be tempted beyond what you can handle in 1 Corinthians 10. He promises to forgive all your sins. He promises to make everything work together for your good. Go to the next one. He promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. He promises to be your ever present help in trouble. He promises to give you strength when you're weary and power when you're weak. He promises to guide you and give you direction. Give some more he promises to give you peace that goes beyond our understanding in a life That's just full of chaos and craziness. He promises to give you peace He promises to give you power to defeat the enemy He promises that nothing would separate you from God's love are these some good promises He promises that you are more than a conqueror. He promises you eternal life through Christ in John 10 Those are some promises that we can claim over our lives. So this morning, as we get ready, Bruce, if you want to jump back to that video. Don't let it play yet. As we close this morning, I want you to think about these four questions. And and I want you to think about what is it that you desire from God this year? What is it that you lack, that you need God to fill this year? What is it that you've got in your life this year that maybe you need to let go of? And then lastly, what are some promises that, that you can claim this year for your life? I'm um, to show you this quick video about, about dreaming again. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Thank you that a painful year for many is past and behind us. And today is a new day. We're looking forward to a new year with you. God, I thank you that you are the God of new beginnings. And I thank you that you are a God who speaks to your children. Lord, you are speaking to us here this morning. Thank you. For what you're going to do in our lives, in us individually, and in us as a as a church, thank you for what you're going to do. With everyone's eyes closed and your heads bowed, um, I don't want to ask you to raise your hands out of emotion, but I want to ask you this one simple thing: when you think about your one thing that you need to do this year, I want to ask you: will you talk it over? Will you find someone that you will talk to, just one person, that you will find and say, this is my one thing that I need to change, whether that's in your life group uh, or, or, or you know, a, a relationship, someone that you trust that's going to help you pray with you. And what I want you to, to say when you do that, I, I want you to say, I want to take this seriously. I don't want good intentions. I want a God intention. I want to open my heart and my life up to the one thing that God wants me to do this year. I'm going to ask you in a moment, and and I pray that that you don't just make this promise and then go on with your life. If you make it, I want you to keep it before God. I want to ask you that that you would commit to get with some other people or, or one other person. And that you will talk to them about your one thing. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to take that step to to move uh, towards fixing that one thing in your life, I ask you to lift your hand. Pastor Rob, I I need to work on this one thing and I'm going to talk to somebody about it. It's Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. God, I thank you. I thank you for people who aren't satisfied for what was but are hungry for what could be this year. Lord, I pray for those that lifted their hands and and even those that that didn't but wish that they had. That you would help us to find that one thing that you want us to do this year. That one thing that's not a good intention but a God intention for us. That we would seek your kingdom and your righteousness pray that you would give us the power where we're weak so that you can change that one thing in our lives for your glory. God, that that when you do, you will get all the glory for it. That we won't be able to say, look what I did. Look at my one thing. God, you would be glorified when that one thing in each one of our lives is changed and transformed. Father, I ask your blessing over every person sitting here this morning, over our kids upstairs, that 2014 would be a great year with you. We, we, can't, we can't expect it to be perfect. We can't expect there not to be bad things to happen. Bad things happen. But God, we thank you that, that when we walk through them, we don't walk through them alone, that you are with us. And Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do in 2014. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Find that one person to talk to them about your one thing this year that you need God to do to fix in your life. Um, Be careful what you watch this week. Be careful what you talk about. Be careful what you listen to. Um, Pray God's blessings over you. We will see you hopefully all Tuesday night at Salmon Creek Country Club, which is in Adams Basin. Uh, Bring a dish to pass, a game, athletic clothes to play. And... uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and see you this week. Blessings.